Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that 3-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 5 Eastern, 12 to Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com. Hope you get there. Unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection. Over 10,000 recommended installers the way tire buying should be. Welcome in. Oh, I love it. Derek Carr. I, I, I would have played for no money when I was it. I just wanted to play in front of the fans in Las Vegas. Mm. So you... Three months later, four months later, said you would have played for no, five, six months later, but you didn't tell anybody at the time. Well, I kept that one to myself. We'll talk Derek Carr upcoming top of next hour. Um, I want to dive into quite a meaty topic, but it's not really as meaty as it's made out to be. We live in a world <coughs> where what happened 
in politics has happened in sports. And by mean happened in politics, we all know what happened, right? Um, Somebody came up with the idea, hey, if we put people on TV and pit them in completely polar opposite sides, and oh yeah, by the way, we can do a split screen, so not only can they argue with each other, but we can see their arguments for arguing with each other. And oh yeah, by the way, in... Uh, In politics, we call one side the left, one side the right, and then we can put them on TV to match the left and the right. We can create arguments that don't really truly exist. It's not that there's not two sides to these discussions. Hey, that's not it. It's not that there's not a one completely polar opposite view from the other. It's just most of us don't live in those polar opposites. And so um, I actually know a couple of people who, I don't know if they came up with the idea, but they decided to take the idea and bring it to sports. And it, uh, it, it, it works clearly as there's a show on each network that pits guys against one another and gives them a completely different point of view and gives them the forum to share that point of view. That's where we are. That's where, that's where sports on TV is. And everybody knows it. So Lance Armstrong, and it's, I feel like when I hear Lance Armstrong, it's like in uh, uh, Star Wars A New Hope. That's a name I haven't heard in, a long, in such a long time, right? Lance Armstrong posted a video on his social media stating that he was on his way to meet Caitlyn Jenner about trans athletes. Then he got bombarded with responses calling him a hypocrite that he has no right to talk about fairness. Uh, Responding to his critics of his video, he replied with a tweet. Here's the tweet. Is there a world in which one can be supportive of the transgender community and curious about the fairness of trans athletes in a sport Yet not to be labeled a in a sport. Yet not to be labeled a transphobe or a bigot as we ask questions. Do we yet know the answers? Do we even want to know the answers? He went on and added, "Have we really come to a time where the place where to, a, a time and place where spirited debate is not only frowned upon but feared?" So here's let's have the discussion. Because I I honestly believe, and I could be wrong, and what you have here is you have four parents, I'm a dad, two girls and a boy, Um, Ramos is a dad, he's got three kids, two boys and a daughter, Um, Dan Beyer has a young son, and Jason Stewart has a son as well. So, and different ages, different places in life. We've all lived in that. We also, we also come from very different, I think, political backgrounds. I may be speaking out of turn, but I feel like I know we're a couple of, and it's not always the same place where we come at things from. But I guess my issue is, and I, I totally understand you're like Lance Armstrong talking about fairness in sports. I really? But then you start to realize, well, no guy can talk about fairness and cheating in sports more than Lance Armstrong, who's synonymous with Denying fairness and cheating in sports. Additionally, 
Now, look, there were two different there's two different types of doping that take place in the world of cycling. One is EPO. That is a medication that allows your your blood to carry far more oxygen than it normally should. But there's also the use of testosterone and for lack of a better, you know, there's other different forms, human growth hormone, testosterone, but things that men produce in certain amounts based upon where they are in life and women produce estrogen. So if there's ever a guy that's qualified to talk about cheating in sports and, and, and he's come clean about it. I, I guess he is the guy. But what we do now is we, we don't actually, ha- we're not capable of having conversations we're just capable of shouting at each other and walking away even more upset. So, look, I don't view this as brave in any way, but there'll be people that say it's brave um, by just having this discussion. I've told you I'm a, a radical centrist for the longest time, and this is the perfect example of where I reside that I think most of America actually resides. You know? I, I, I have... Zero. I've, I have friends who are uh, LGBTQ plus. It's not anything that I am not supportive of. Um, I would tell you that as a parent, in terms of being transgender and having gender reassignment, I do think that's an adult decision, not a decision you, sh- you should make before you're an adult. I just do. That's my feeling. But I can, I'm actually with Lance Armstrong. I find myself like, I'm not with Lance Armstrong in terms of how he lied about his cycling career. But can't I be supportive of, of freedoms of gay and lesbian transgender people and say, how are you going to compete against a biological woman? That's, there's a reason that we drug test male and female athletes and measure their testosterone use, right? So I don't actually think it's all of that. I, I think this is an argument that is frankly created by politicians to be used as a weapon when elections come around. Because most of us, frankly, sit in that same spot. We're like, I'm not actually bothered by, I'm not homophobic in any way. And in terms of gender reassignment, like if you're an adult, like I, I can't tell you that I have... That's your body. You want to, I, I think that falls in line with many of my other beliefs. I would push back on if you're, a, if, you're not a, if you're not an adult. And I would really push back on the idea that you compete against biological women. And even though I don't agree with on other policies that some people in Congress have promoted this, it is a fair question. Like if you're, if your sex at birth doesn't matter, why do we have women's sports then? Why do we measure the levels of testosterone in women and in men, frankly? Mega Rapino, Sue Bird, and uh, Becky Sauerbrunn, two, three fantastic athletes in their own right, were among 40 professional Olympic and Paralympic athletes who co signed a letter to Houston lawmakers in opposition of the Protection of Girls and Women's Sports Act. 
The statement says we believe in gender equity in sports is critical, which is why we urge policymakers to turn their attention and effort to the causes of women athletes have been fighting for decades, including equal pay, the, event, the end of abuse and mistreatment, and even uh, uneven implementation of Title IX and a lack of access and equity for girls of colors and girls with disability, only to name a few. Our deepest hope is that transgender and intersex kids will not never have to feel isolation, exclusion. Other than that, H.R. 734 is seeking to enshrine it into law. The letter reads, well, th- there's a lot there to unpack. Okay. The equal pay idea. I mean, we've 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 discussed before. Again, I think most people sit in the middle on that one. Right? Is if you're in the professional sports world, you receive whatever you're able to negotiate. That's it. Whatever you're able to negotiate, whatever you're able to leverage, that's what you will receive. And there's a percentage of the profits that you can make. And if you don't like that negotiation, by all means, hold out, lock out. You negotiated. We got nothing. We as the public got nothing to do with it. Um, of course you want the end of abuse and mistreatment. Of course. And lack of access and equity for girls of color and girls with disability. Absolutely. Who's not for that? But the problem is you're clumping all of these other issues in with something that, by the way, can limit the access, can limit the fairness, can limit a lot of different things because you're granting access to transgender athletes who are biological men until the time of their reassignment. I actually think that the the more noise there is, it's because and the more pointing at Lance Armstrong there is, it's because there's no real substance to fall back on. Like even in this statement, what is the real substantive argument for a biological man who goes through gender reassignment competing against women? There is no argument there. If somebody can present an argument, I'm actually somebody who's willing to listen. But the problem is that a good portion of people aren't willing to listen. They just want to shout and point out that Lance Armstrong cheated. He did. He cheated. He's been disgraced. He's lost money. He's lost. He lost his marriage. He's lost any sort of credibility. He was in the conversation of the most popular athlete in the United States. And now he is one of the most hated. All of that is documented. But is he wrong? Jay Stu, is he wrong? Is he wrong to in, in the way in which he went about this? Is it is his name too sullied to even be a part of this conversation? Isn't that what the, the political discourse has become? I mean, take it away from sports here. Like attacking the messenger is a great way to not answer the question. That That's what politics has become too. call someone a hypocrite. And they are excused from the conversation. As long as they're a hypocrite, they can't have valid points. Um, Lance Armstrong just raises some very like viable questions here. And I agree with your viewpoint. Who could be better qualified to talk about lack of fairness or even cheating than the, the world's most, I guess, famous cheater? Yeah, the two, the two most famous cheaters in the history of sports are Barry Bonds. And Lance Armstrong. And I think, you know, you could throw Roger Clement, but like maybe Ben Johnson in there as well. But we haven't seen or heard from him. And he's he's not an American athlete. 
Right? But in American sports, I would say Barry Bonds and Lance Armstrong. By am I wrong on those two names? Would there be anybody else you would throw into that that group of Did you say Mark McGuire? Did you I did not. Okay. I did not. That's a good one. Um I I think Bonds is name is bigger because he's never come clean and because he holds the single season and career home runs marks. Um but Mark McGuire is definitely Mark McGuire is in that Sammy Sosa, Roger Clemens, other baseball guys that but he's the only one who's come clean of them. Uh only one that's come clean. Ramos, how about you? Where are you when you hear this? You're a guy who um, you, you coach, as you, you said, I, if there's one thing I would do outside of what I do for work, it would be coaching girls softball. You'd love it. What do you think of the positioning of all of these arguments? Um, I, I do believe that. Ramos's mic's not working. I'm about to, I had, I turned on, I turned on Jason's mic. Um, I do believe that, um, uh, that the women's sports that, that should be for for girls, for for women, I I don't think they should be able. You be you should be. I think you should be able to be a transgender person if you'd like to be. If that's the way you feel, I do think there's a guideline or or in in being able to play into the women's sport. Um, so that's that's where I would say my my thought pattern lies. Bye. You want to get in this? Are you gonna you gonna you're gonna you're gonna stay out? No, I just I, I honestly, Doug uh, and. You said a lot there. I don't think that anything that I could say adds to it. Okay. It's fair. Yeah. It's I mean, I agree with and you. I, I just, I think if me just adding on is, is just, I, I don't disagree with anything you, you said to that. There's not any point that I thought that you missed. And I'm with John in, in that. I, I, I actually, I'm actually kind of searching for what I'm missing. You ever, you ever get to that? Like, you're like, I'm missing something. You know, it's like when you're pulling away from the house and you're like, I got my keys. I got my, I got my phone. Okay, I got water, I'm dressed, I'm, I'm missing something, right? And I feel like with this, like, what am I missing? What am I missing? I watched this uh, documentary, and I know by saying that I watched this, this is a, a, a drastic political stance, I guess, that I'm taking, but I'm not, I'm not political. But Matt Walsh produced this extremely provo- provocative, popular documentary. Um, it's called What is a Woman? And they spend a good 30 minutes on this, Doug. And I recommend you watch it, first of all. But to paraphrase what the the argument that you're searching for here is, to paraphrase what the other side's argument is, is that there are not a lot of examples of um, transgender males dominating, humiliating females in their sports. There just aren't a lot of examples. That's what the counterpoint is, that that point is overblown by the side that does not want transgender people in sports. I, I would actually I would actually agree with that. Th- there isn't. This is a very, very, very small fraction of people. Um, and the idea is, hey, we want to protect everybody's rights, even, you know, even the smallest fraction of people, which I I genuinely agree with. And but. You know, it's one of those. I do think that we don't have to have congressional hearings about it if we just go like, "Hey, uh, we're completely accepting of if you want, if you're an adult, you want gender reassignment surgery. Like, uh, listen, that's that is your, in fact, prerogative. But hey, there's just this one thing. Right? I mean, 
there's what's the uh, Samanya, the the runner, right? Who has you know forever been accused of of having too much testosterone. Samana, whatever, international runner. And I mean, why? I I just, I feel like I got to be missing something here because I can remember having conversations with my late father because he's, you know, from that old generation. And I would just say like, listen, dad, like, do you think anybody chooses to be gay? Of course not. You know, nobody chooses to sit down with their parents and say, listen, I, you know, I, I don't know if you've known this or whatever, but this is my sexual preference. I don't think it, even if even if your sexual preference is the other sex, right? Those aren't conversations that most people have, let alone if you're if you're homosexual. So I I do I don't believe it's a choice. I do believe you're born with those feelings. I I can't say that I know what it's like to be born somebody who you think you're you know you should have a different body, but I can be understanding of that. But there's a difference between and this is this is a generational thing that I think, Jay, you have an old enough son. Ramos, yours are still a little bit young. Mine are, you know, because I, I got two 17 year olds and a 14 year old son. I think they're a li- they're a little bit in this. But he, here is the generational switch between our generation and the younger generation. And, and you guys tell me if I'm off is. They're the generation that it's it's not enough to be heard. Hey, we want to be heard. We want our our thoughts, our feelings to be validated. But they feel like it's they're only heard or validated if they're agreed with. And that's not actually hearing or validating feelings. That may be your feeling. Here's the reality or here's the way that I'm going to go. Because that that's this is the argument that I have in my own home, which is like, no, Dad, you're not hearing me. No, no, I'm hearing you. I'm just the adult. And I pay the money. I make the decisions. I'm going a different way with it. It's not that I don't hear with you. It's not that I don't think you make valid points, but I've lived longer on this earth and I've obtained the rights to make this decision. That's the decision I make. You're not hearing me. No, I'm not hearing. That's the difference. And I think that applies to this. Hey, I hear you on, on how you view it. I'm telling you the reality to it is we got to have some sort of differentiator between boys and girls sports. And what that differentiator is, I guess, is being discussed, but I don't actually think there's a lot of validity or I can't I haven't there hasn't been an argument made other than the feelings of people who are transgender. And that one I I can't really help you with because there were ideal in reality. Give me your thoughts. It's it really should be a conversation, not a Lance Armstrong tweets out a video and oh, yeah, by the way, Lance Armstrong's an a-hole. All that could be true. He treated people poorly. He lied about it. He used cancer as a no one would ever cheat after they had cancer. All of the worst things. All true. But I mean, if we're talking about cheating in sports or, you know, or the use of testosterone in sports, is there a better guy? I, I don't think so. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What up with you, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Mm, 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 mm. And the Doug Gottlieb Show broadcasts every day from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. Unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road has protection. Over 10,000 recommended installers, TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Uh, I think old athlete slander is really kind of clever. I'm kidding in terms of its cleverness. You know, J.J. Redick earlier this year, he, um, he made fun of, um, he made fun of Bob Cousy and said, you know, guys are playing against plumbers and he only dribbled with his right hand. And what, what happens is it's okay to talk about the past and even make fun of the past some, but when you don't, you don't actually know the history of the sport. It's kind of embarrassing. I mean, honestly, what J.J. said was super embarrassing. Not because it's white guy on white guy play basketball crime. It's because if you knew anything about Bob Cousy, he was actually uh, kind of groundbreaking in a lot of the stuff that he would try and ball handling and shots he took for the time. It's no, you're, you just, you have zero understanding of the time that it took place. Additionally, yeah, there is the famous video of him dribbling around with only his right hand. What's crazy is 
Jordan mostly only went right and Kobe kind of only went right either. It looked a lot better, but I just, it's, it's always clever. Um, there's, there's been a little of the, Hey, let's make fun of Larry bird sort of thing. Like he's been caught in the crosshairs. And my point has always been like, Hey, if you like Luca, guess who was better than Luca? <laughs> it's Larry bird. Right? And most people in the NBA, despite the fact they had a disappointing season, uh, would consider Luca in any conversation the top five players in the game, and he's in his early 20s. You know, when, when Dirk won an MVP and won an NBA championship, I said, oh, you know, he's like Dirk, only a way better rebounder and in far superior passer, and frankly, a better defensive player. Neither great, but much better, smarter defensive player, and won all the time was Larry Bird. But uh, Dennis Rodman, who I hadn't heard from Dennis Rodman in a long time. And then I saw him at a, at a uh, he was at a pride parade earlier this uh, last weekend. Right. And then he was on something called Vlad TV. Take a listen. If Larry Bird played in this era, I think he'd be in Europe. <laughs> so, so I'm just letting you know, man, really. You know, I, like I said, don't just say he'd be somewhere over there. Because, you know, I think his game was fit for Boston at that time in the 80s and stuff like that. You know, but uh, so uh, today's world, oh, hell no. There's, there's no way. I'm not just, just uh, play, uh, downplaying him because he's a great player at that time, just like I was. And uh, But I'm saying, no, there's no way. I think the kid from uh, Denver is way better him. Yeah, it's really interesting. He's like, yeah, I, I don't like Larry Bird. I really like Jokic. Like, okay. Well, Jokic is a center. Larry Bird was a wing. What's interesting about the Larry Bird thing is um, that when Isaiah Thomas played against Larry Bird and the Celtics beat them, of course, there's the famous Bird steal. But after one of the games, Isaiah Thomas said, Hey, if Larry Bird was black, he'd be just another guy. Um, Isaiah, in a way in which only Isaiah can, passed the buck and said, you know, basically he echoed what Dennis Rodman said, and that's where he got it from. I, I just, it's, I, I'll just, I, I, I can't say unequivocally, and I do think comparing eras can be dumb because the sport is different. But, what skills does it take? What what are the skills of players that are elite now in the NBA? First of all, Larry Bird is almost the size is basically the size of Kevin Durant. <laughs> He's six ten. You're like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. An unbelievable passer, a very good rebounder who led the NBA in scoring. I actually think he'd be better now than he was then. Why? Because he he shot 37% from three, but again, and this is where you can't really make a, di- you can't really prove it, but until Larry Bird got to the NBA, there was no three-point line in college or in high school. He could do it, but it wasn't embraced. And just to show he could do it, he won the three-point shooting contest without taking his warm-up jacket off. So if he was arguably or inarguably the greatest scorer three-point shooter in that era, 
doesn't stand to reason that in this era he would take and make more three-pointers. And if he took and made more three-pointers and the lane was more open, and, oh yeah, by the way, the skills that he had, incredible passer, incredible shooter, incredible shot maker, a guy who could play with and without the basketball, like, what part am I missing? Oh, it's because he's white and not as good an athlete as Jordan or Dominique or, um, like, you pick the guy even of the time. We just watched Jokic dominate the NBA playoffs and he's not a freak athlete. I brought up Paul Pierce before. Obviously, Magic Johnson comes to mind and Luka Doncic and there's plenty of others. And I'm not going to do the dismantling of Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman has never respected Larry Bird. And oh yeah, by the way, telling a guy, I mean, this is the ultimate like Listen, I, 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 I respect him. It was just Boston at the time, you know, but there's no disrespect, but he'd be playing in Europe right now. Excuse me? You mean one of the two guys that saved the NBA, a back-to-back-to-back MVP, a guy who won, what, they win three NBA titles? He was on the dream team? And everyone, including Magic Johnson and even Michael Jordan would tell you that in any conversation, the greats of all time, it'd be Larry Bird. Yeah, this one is Dennis Rodman did a lot of drugs, but he's actually thinking and saying the same things he said when he was playing. None of this has changed. He didn't respect him now. He doesn't respect him then. That's fine. But don't use the era. Oh, with this era. That just means you haven't watched basketball in this era or you don't understand. And oh, yeah, by the way, it's okay to say, like, here's one of the other things that people always say, well, like, you know, guys are so much more athletic now. You do realize you do realize that all of those players, if they played in this era, they would have the opportunity to train and eat and be different than they were then. Right? Last week it was Oscar Robertson, right? Well, who was it? Who was it? Said Oscar Robertson. I think it was Gilbert Arenas might have said that. This week it's Larry Bird, waiting for somebody to say Magic Johnson. I mean, it's interesting. Magic Johnson wasn't a great athlete; couldn't really shoot. Not a great defensive player. In any conversation of Magic Johnson should be in the greatest of all time conversation. Really. But no one ever brings up Magic. No one ever says Magic was a bad athlete, even though he was. It was uh, Jason Williams who said it. Ah, Jason Williams. That's right. Jason Williams. And Jason Williams, the white chocolate former basketball player. Yeah, not the guy who caught the... Who uh, shot the limo driver at the? Uh, not, not the not the Jason Williams that yeah. shot the limo driver. Not the Jason Williams who is at ESPN. It's the Jason Williams who uh, was super flashy from West Virginia. Went to Marshall, then went to Florida, then played for the Sacramento Kings as well as other teams. Yeah. Do you think, Doug, that at Fox Sports Radio we could hire two uh, old hoop heads? You know, sixties, seventies, and all they do is just say. DeMar DeRozan couldn't handle the 1980s. Like, that's all the podcast is, is just tearing down all players from this era. Like, that could be something we could... No, because now if guys are so in their feelings to get to social media, people would be acted like they're the worst case, worst people ever, right? But the good news is, is these guys are old, so they wouldn't even have Twitter to hear this crap. That very would, good point. You know, so it's a very good point. That could be... <laughs> I can't figure out how to work this Twitter thing. <laughs> 
Scott's like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. There was I mean, nobody. I just, there was nobody. I, I, I don't. Huh? I was gonna say there's nobody I feared more, Doug, watching all of those Lakers Celtics series in the '80s during the Showtime era than Larry Bird. I mean, the, every the, every time the guy touched the ball, he made a shot from wherever he was. He, he it was it was unbelievable to watch to watch him play, and I don't I don't know why people would say things like that. I don't think a ton of people say it. I think guys say it today now because they look at him and he had a mustache and a and all that hair. And black shoes, and he didn't look like he was some great athlete. But Larry Bird got it done. I mean, I I can't name five guys I would rather have in in a big basketball game than Larry Bird. I even think that me, there's a lot, maybe not all. There's a lot of Laker fans to be like, yeah, I love Magic, but I don't know. Bird was pretty damn good, right? Even on the Dream Team, when he was really at the end of his career and his back was hurting. They didn't have to put him on that team per se because of his ability was pretty much like hurt and stuff. They did, and he still was massive contributor to that team because he was Larry Bird. Like all yeah. the players that played with him knew that he was one of the best players in the NBA. Period. Yes. Well, I mean, but but the problem with Rodman's thing is like this is the this is the Pistons are going to be the Pistons, right? Like Isaiah is despised, and Isaiah is trying to go around and make people like him again. But just, I, it's good luck with that. Um. But this is what they did then. It's the same tune that worked for them then, and they're trying to have it work for them now. Right? I mean, this is literally, go back and look, and and I don't know if you remember, Isaiah Thomas had to go on CBS on national TV during the NBA Finals and be like, yeah, I, I didn't really mean it. Larry Bird's great. It was very, very awkward. But it's also really dumb. I, I don't know of anybody in basketball that legitimately agrees with that idea. Larry was awesome. And, and he wasn't just a shooter. He wasn't just a passer. He was, he led the NBA in scoring. He's tremendous rebounder and he won. And I think the year before he got there, what they, did they win 19 games or something? Then they won 61 his first year or something ridiculous in terms of turnaround. Ridiculous. So, uh, I'm not going to call call Dennis Rodman names. I'm not going to make fun of any of the things he's done. I thought Dennis Rodman is a great player. And yeah, by the way, Dennis Rodman would be a great player today because at that point in time in his career, he could guard anybody. He was the best defensive player in the league, made himself in the best rebounder in the league, didn't have to score to dominate a game. You'd, you'd struggle with him a little bit because it is a little four on five, although you know he could be a roller, but he'd be a small ball five. Kind of like Draymond, not nearly as good a passer as Draymond or a shooter as Draymond, but a better a better defender and a better rebounder. But this, well, he was, he basically, he called him a system player that only worked in that era. That's what he said. And if you go back to the 80s Celtics when he played against Dennis Rodman, he was the one who was like, yeah, if he was white, he wasn't. If he was black, he would just be a guy. Meanwhile, he lit him up. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. John Middlecoff joins us here in the Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. Um, what do you make of Derek Carr and uh, his man? I just wanted to play those last two games in Vegas for the fans. Uh, what, what do you make of Derek Carr, who's kind of venting his frustrations, especially with how it ended? Well, you know, I, I vehemently supported that. I thought it was an embarrassment to it, listen, guys get benched. It, it's pro sports. I, I got welcome to life. You know, Peyton Manning, remember that year when his, they ironically won the Super Bowl, but, you know, quote unquote, kind of got benched there to take a breather. It, it happens to everybody. But then rumors and stories came out that it was Derek's choosing to go away. Uh, listen, I've spent time around the Raiders. There's always weird stuff going on. Uh, I think Josh McDaniel's history uh, when he was a head coach, you know, was not pretty. It, it, it was just, to me, it was a very, very just clunky situation. I mean, I mean, look at the Colts, for example. Matt Ryan came, got benched, and you just stay around. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just, these are grown-ups. So I, whoever was to blame, I mean, I, the Raiders pushed it out pretty hard that Derek was the one that chose to go away. If that's true, that's pretty bad. If the Raiders sent him away, I think that's pretty embarrassing. I, I think that's just one of those situations that's kind of 
you know, emblematic of the whole operation over the last 20 years. It's just, that's not something you do, you know. I don't care how well a guy or how poor a guy is playing. Yeah, I just, I he, okay, here's the sound. He was talking with uh, uh, Anthony Galaviz of the Fresno Bee. Take a look. I was, for lack of a better term, I was very upset. I was, I was mad, you know, for, you, know, you, you spend nine years in a place, you, you know, you have all the records, you can play at a high level, and uh, for for something to get in the way, whether it was whatever reason, you know, money related or whatever, you know, injury related, you know, I would have said I, I don't even want the money just to play two more times in front of our fans, you know, and uh, I didn't get that opportunity, so it definitely lit a fire inside me to keep going. I mean, uh, I, do you really think he would have gone like, yeah, you know, listen, I know that if I get hurt, that I'm guaranteed you know, in, into nine figures or no, in eight figures, excuse me, but I'm going to, I'm going to pass on that one and just play, you know, play for what, what I'm normally playing. Well, that's what, that's why the, you know, the whole, all the conversation, like that, that's not realistic. That, that, that's where I, I do support benching a guy for poor play. And, you know, Derek's been in the league long enough. You guys get cut, guys get traded. Like that, that's not the way the world works. And listen, this is a massive year for that guy because, like, he just mentioned that. Like, I hold all their records. Well, yeah, I mean, it's the game's a little inflated. Like, Rich Gannon won an MVP to the team Super Bowl. Kenny Stabler, I mean, is one of the most legendary athletes in the history of the sport. So it's like you're not better than those guys. And I think what makes guys like him so polarizing is he's a starting quarterback. But is he good enough to win on a yearly basis? And, you know, with the Raiders. No! Here's the answer, no! Oh, Derek Carr has never been that good. He just hasn't. I'm so like I'm not slandering Derek Carr. If you actually people actually watched the game last year, he wasn't good. It was terrible. I mean, it was bad. Last year he was horrendous, and it's like this year it's like he has played better football than last year. So can he function with the Saints, or is he just going to go down as one of those guys that made a couple hundred million dollars and never won a meaningful game? I I I think the 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 latter, not the former. You know, because the one thing the one thing like Dak and Cousins is kind of a group he's in. Yeah. Those guys, I mean, pretty consistently win double digit games, right? They don't win the playoffs, but you know, you're going to be. Well, he got the pass because of the Raiders, right? He's he actually got the pass. Well, they're bad. Ah, it's the Raiders. They're a mess. Well, exactly. And, I, and in fairness, I say that sometimes too. But this year, there's going to be no excuse, especially when you factor in how bad the division is. If the Saints don't win the division this year. And he plays poorly. I mean, we're going to be looking at a guy that's probably destined to be a backup quarterback here pretty soon. I, I, I completely, completely agree. I just love the. I, I do. You know, it was about money. I, they just asked me like, I don't want money. Like, come on, dude, stop. Um, the other one that I, I find to be kind of funny is this: the Jets are going to be on hard knocks, and they acted like they didn't want to be on hard knocks. But the Jets are the perfect team for hard knocks, aren't they? Well, they are. I, my take on this whole Hard Knocks thing is every show we've ever watched, you know, on television, I don't care whether it's HBO, whether it's ABC, CBS, they always come to an end. I, I, I think it's just time. I mean, I, I think Hard Knocks, especially now all these franchises, like I, I watched the Hard Knocks. The Jets hosted it on their website. It'd be one thing if, you know, back in the day, I would say the 2000s, you'd get those raw and real, um, you know, like coaches meetings with the GM where they'd just be crushing guys and be like, this is incredible. And then as social media grew, those, those days just stopped. And now it's like 
the, the team, even if you don't want to be on it, you still get final say of what comes out. It's pretty crappy. I mean, it will be entertaining because Rodgers. But I, I just think the show has run its course. I, honestly, I don't think it's needed. So many of these teams now produce their own version of this on the website, which are essentially what we end up getting on the television. So uh, I vote end this show. End the show? Yeah, I, I, I it's like the I last. In, it's, it's like the last independent reality show. Otherwise, I mean, it's, but it's not, complete, but it's so, complete so, propaganda from these teams. It's, it's so water. But I'm saying the difference that if I go to the Jets website and watch like their 40 minute special yeah. of the off season with Rodgers and the draft, and I watch Hard Knocks, it's really no different except they're allowed to cuss. Like it, it's all propaganda either way. If it was still what it was back in the day. I, I'd be all for it, but those days are just so long gone. I mean, we don't get any good. I, 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 I don't. And listen, maybe I'm too close to the sun. I don't find it very good anymore. Um, I, I want to ask you about a team that we talked about a ton the past three off seasons, and now no one says a word about. Literally, no one says a word about. How good are the Browns going to be? I think the they got one of the great wild cards in the history of sports with two hundred thirty million dollars coming to them, or maybe it's two twenty nine now because they paid a million last year. I mean, is this guy? You, you and I, I think, were probably more negative in terms of people anointed him to be like some superstar. It's like, yeah, good player, but his best year happened. Remember, they were terrible when he put up all the stats, and last year, you know, I think it's easy to go kind of give him a pass. Not with his actions with the massage therapist, but with this play because he—I think he's—he hasn't played a full season since 2020. So there is a ton of pressure to me on the quarterback. I mean, obviously, if it fails, the coach will get fired or whatever. But it's kind of—is Deshaun Watson? If he's a solid player, they should be pretty good. I mean, they have a lot of talent, right? I mean, they got a really good running back. They got a really good offensive line. They got one of the best pass rushers in the league. They have impact players. But if he is even if he's a little better than last year, but in that world, they're screwed because he was, I mean, he was horrendous. He really was pretty Russell Wilson got dragged through the mud and rightfully so for how poor his play was. Deshaun Watson just on the, that four or five game basis was worse. Isn't it amazing though, that we, we don't talk about them at all. Whereas when they had Baker, we couldn't stop talking about him. Then he signs the, then he signs that we can't stop talking about him. Now it's like, they don't even exist. I think it's kind of we've kind of put them back in their place because for a long time they they were right for about 15 years once they came back into existence they they were pretty irrelevant for a long period of time they weren't winning uh, they obviously the you know the Steelers and the Ravens always won and even the Bengals had moments with Marvin Lewis and now again I I w- I haven't really thought about it but I'm probably going to pick them to come in last I mean who who are they better than in that division. Well, it's an incredible division, too. I mean, we don't know. Kenny Pickett takes another step. We think we know who Cincinnati is now, right? Baltimore, we don't know what they'll look like, but we know they have some pieces that makes you think, and they have a, a consistency of success within that franchise, sure. which is which is kind of fascinating, fascinating to watch. Um, I, I, think the Steel, I think the Steelers are going to be pretty solid just because Kenny can just kind of be what Mac Jones was a couple years ago. They have good pieces. Their defense is going to be good. They just kind of know their identity. To me, the Ravens, and you and I have talked about this, are, are they just going to throw it all over the yard? Is that going to work? I mean, time will tell. Yeah, that one, that does not seem like a plan. On the other hand, you know, when he was at Georgia as an offense coordinator, he, you know, with, with not nearly the level of athletic talent, 
he had his quarterback on design runs. I would expect to see some. He's a good, no, he's he's a good coach. He's definitely a good coach. It's just going to be can they kind of transition to what the way they've talked about it. Now sometimes right. coaches talk different yes. than they act. So time will tell. Rosillo has a great he he had a great point that I've I've used time and again and his his thing is like this is like the de- new defensive coordinator always says like we're going to apply more pressure right and if by 2023 when football has been around 100 years if every defensive coordinator says we're going to apply more pressure well then if they actually meant it they would blitz every down right but so every coach this time of year says we're going to throw it more and every a defense says we're going to be more aggressive, and then the reality comes into play. It'll be really interesting with, uh, with the Ravens to see what they... I'll give you one other team I'm interested in. Everyone talked about the Russell Wilson uh, slide board workout and how he works last week. What does that team actually look like to you? Well, to me, their head, their head coach, he flexed his muscles immediately in free agency, and they gave McGlinchey $50 million. They gave the guards from the Ravens, I think, 30 I mean, they... I think both those guys are fringe starters. You know, in terms of what they're being paid, it's pretty crazy. So, you know, I, I think a lot of people, oh, they shirt up their offensive line. Yeah, it was kind of average players. You know, I mean, the 49ers, I, I think, have been thinking about replacing McGlinchey for a couple of years. It's just finally they just let him walk because there's no way they were going to pay it. And the Ravens are king of that, letting guys walk. So, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I I think it's easy to be like, well, we're going to get that. I, Tower keeps saying that Sean Payton's going to get – Russell back to doing what Russell does, right? Running around. Well, I thought the big thing was Russell wanted no part of that. So now he just has completely clicked his mind away from doing that, and now he's just going to embrace it again because he doesn't obviously need the money. He got another massive contract. And what if he can't really move quite like he once did? It's one thing to do that little drill where he's sliding back and forth, but like legitimately run away from, you know, Max Crosby or Joey Bosa. What if he's not quite as fast anymore? And we know. Sean Payton had a ton of success with a Hall of Fame quarterback, but that guy did not move, right? He was Drew, – Drew Brees is an old-school pocket quarterback, moves within a couple-yard radius. He plays a lot. Russell's game in his heyday for that four- or five-year run after the defense kind of dropped off was all kind of freelancing. And I, I just – I'm probably going to bet against it, honestly. And I know – I think Sean Payton's a good coach. And I thought Russell in his heyday was an awesome freelance player, but I don't know, man. I, I, I don't really see it. All right, three and out, poolside with, uh, with John Middlecoff, available wherever you download podcasts. John, you're great stuff, man. Thanks for joining us. Happy 4th, too. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hey. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 